we're very active in the public finance sector. In 2020, we closed 843 bond issues, totaling just under $19 billion. So it's a very uh, important part of our business. Welcome to Buzz House, a Baker Tilly podcast where you can find all the buzz around multifamily housing. I'm Don Bernard, the partner in charge of Baker Tilly's multifamily housing practice. And I'm Garrett Gibson, a partner at Baker Tilly, also specializing in consulting on multifamily housing transactions across the country. Each week, we'll bring you a guest or a topic in the multifamily housing industry that will help you win now and anticipate tomorrow. Let's get started. Today, our guest in the Buzz House is our good friend, Cody Wilson, who is a managing director of public finance investment banking with the firm Piper Sandler. We'll be talking today with Cody about what he's seeing in the tax-exempt market for affordable deals and trends that we should all be aware of, especially now that projects uh, can take advantage of the fixed 4% credit rate. So I think we'll have a lot of discussion around that. And I'm sure you, all of you are looking at probably a lot of uh, 4% deals right now. Before having a discussion with Cody, just a few quick updates from around the industry. To start out, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or the CDC, did issue an order extending the federal moratorium on evictions for non-payment of rent through March 31st, following the directive issued by President Biden on his first day of office. The eviction moratorium had previously slated to expire on January 31st, will hopefully keep millions of renters uh, housed during the pandemic. Of course, the back amount of rent due is growing. In many cases, we've seen utilities not being paid uh, here during the winter. So although helpful, still not you know, kind of the, that silver answer to, to the issue. So I think the whole industry will be continuing to monitor that as well. Switching gears, we've uh, here in the Buzz House have been talking a lot about the fixed 4% tax credit percentage. Since it has passed, there's been a lot of discussion around the impact of this change of those projects that have issued their bonds prior to January 1st, 2021, and those projects that have not. This legislation, of course, permits a minimum 4% credit rate for qualifying housing projects, which meet certain criteria that is outlined in the Act. The California Tax Credit Allocation Committee, who often takes early positions in the industry, but again, not necessarily the letter of the law, has come out with their positions. Their take is that for 4% projects that issued any bonds prior to January 1st, 2021, unless there is further guidance from the IRS or the Treasury, that those projects would not be eligible for the 4% credit rate. We'll kind of, you know, that's again, it's a lot of discussion with bond attorneys and so forth that we'll, we'll keep you up to date. Again, California uh, often takes early positions, but again, not, not the letter of the law. So we'll continue to monitor that and, and have those discussions and report back to you as we go through that. Finally, we've had a lot of discussion recently as well on income averaging. Recently learned that the IRS will hold a public hearing on March 24th. There, of course, are numerous industry comments to the proposed regulations which came out in the fall. One major concern, of course, is the inability to modify income designations once made by the owner. Those who would like to testify at the hearing, which will be held virtually, must submit their contact information and outline of their expected oral comments by March 5th. Note that, and, and if you're working on an income averaging deal right now, you may have seen this yourself, that a significant slowdown in investor appetite pending the outcome of these final regulations. So a lot of the industry is on the sidelines waiting for, for this if for, for income average deals. Now excited that Garrick and I will be able to jump into our uh, discussion with Cody Wilson of Hyper Sandler. Uh, Garrick? Hey, thanks, Don. And hey, Cody, thanks for being on Buzz House. Why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about Piper Sandler and what you do there? 
Sure. Uh, thank you. Uh, good to join you guys. So Piper Sandler and Company comes from a merger between Piper Jaffrey and Sandler O'Neill and Partners. Uh, the firm was founded in 1895 and is based in Minneapolis. Uh, we have a, a very diverse business mix consisting of investment banking, uh, equity sales and trading, public finance, fixed income sales and trading, and private equity strategies. We're very active in the public finance sector. 2020, we closed 843 bond issues, totaling just under $19 billion. So it's a very uh, important part of our business. I lead the Affordable Housing Investment Banking Group. Our role is we originate debt financing for affordable housing developments. Our clients include for-profit developers, nonprofit organizations, state and local housing agencies, and tax credit consultants such as Baker Tilly. You typically see us serve as bond underwriters on 4% transactions. However, we do arrange debt financing for other types of transactions, including nonprofit bond issues, construction financing, workforce housing, senior housing, including independent living, assisted living, and memory care. And we also finance on-campus and off-campus student housing projects. Wow, that's a lot. Did I hear that right? Did you say $19 billion? Was that one year? Yeah, that was our uh, public finance group, which we, you know, do housing, government issues, infrastructure, all fits in the tax exempt space. But, uh, but yeah, close to 19, just under 19 billion last year. So um, obviously, it's a very, very important part uh, of our firm's business. That's amazing. You know, on BuzzHouse, we've actually been having a lot of discussions on the new 4% lock uh, on mm-hmm. tech projects and the different types of uh, structures that go into that, including the private placement bond execution. So how does that market look right now? Well, you know, the private placement market comes and goes. Right now, you have some banks who are very active uh, in this space. Your more traditional private placement firms are on the sideline right now. Most of those guys run securitization programs, and they typically need around a 4% rate or higher to make those numbers work. Obviously, with a 10-year treasury around, you know, 115 right now, it's very hard to to charge a developer a 4% rate and, and think you'll win the deal. So most of the private placements we see are just with banks right now. You may see a couple other top private placements show up in kind of rural areas or um, areas that are not very uh, heavily populated. I mean, obviously, the the 4% fixed tax credit rate will increase tax credit transactions. As you guys know, a lot of deals that didn't work now do work. So we are starting to see a lot of uh, states run out of volume cap. Uh, You know, Texas, Tennessee, Georgia are some states that come to mind. Yeah, thanks for that. It seems like the 4% lock, I would think that would increase that activity, but I guess it's interesting your take on, on the 4% rate that I, and I've typically seen around there on private place and bond transactions and given how low rates and other products, interesting to see where they'll go from here. So Cody, we, we've also talked through, you know, a few 80-20 type deals where the city's requiring, you know, some affordable units as, as part of zoning or a requirement to receive any uh, tax increment financing or, or other local type incentives. So what does your tax exempt bond product look like around this sort of 80-20 scenario? Yeah, so we've been really seeing this, and this execution kind of pertains, you can do it as a, as a 501c3, but 
we've been looking at it for for-profit developers, and you know, obviously they'll be issuing Section 142D bonds. We do have some institutional investors who would take the construction and lease-up risk. And these bonds are sold either through a limited offering or a private placement. Remember, there, there are a couple key points that your developers would need to think through. Since this is a 142D bond, you would still have the income set aside. You're, you're 20 at 50 or 40 at 60. And recall, this is an income test only. Uh, there's no rent restrictions. Unfortunately, you still must get volume cap. So those states that are short on volume cap, this may be uh, an issue, but there are plenty of other states out there who have plenty of volume cap, so that may not be an issue. Speaking of volume cap, so mm-hmm. you know, if you are in a state with volume cap, are you seeing any other type of structures that could be implemented to where they could still be treated as like true government bonds and not have to go uh, against the volume cap? and still team up and have some sort of economics that can happen to a developer in that scenario? That's a great question. And yes, so uh, we've seen a couple deals in California recently where there's an issue in California who has essentially set up a a subsidiary that, uh, that is essentially the borrower of the project. And they would issue the bond, so it's really considered a, a government, a governmental bond issue. So you don't have the volume cap issue. In, in that particular issue, the developer would still serve as the developer. They call them a program administrator uh, on those deals, and they, they still would do their development functions. However, the the drawback there is the developer doesn't own the project. So any upside down the road, if they want to sell the project, you know, unfortunately, they would be, you know, cut out of that. They simply just serve as a fee developer, get a fee at closing, and some of these guys stay on and, and, and serve as an asset manager. So we've seen that in California, which I think there's probably been, you know, five or six deals done that way. There is some affordability component there, but those really are, are geared toward acquisition rehab of existing housing that's really transformed into workforce housing. By doing it under the Section 142D, you know, your for-profit developer, you know, they can stay in the deal, they own the deal, and down the road, if they ever want to sell the deal, they get that upside uh, benefit. Interesting. Thanks for that. Yeah. I think Don yeah. has a couple of questions as well. Yeah. Cody, actually, one real quick question. Uh, just on, you know, as far as terms, are, are, are most of the, the placements, you know, getting 40-year amortizations or some still at 35? What are you seeing on, uh, on amortization? Yeah, most of them are 40-year AM. 40-year amortizations, the, the term varies. You know, you can do a, a long term. Most of the stuff we've been seeing has been, you know, 10, 15 years. And uh, the great thing about the bond bond execution is we do offer a shorter, more flexibility to call the bonds earlier. So we do offer, you know, liquidity where if you do want to sell the property or project in, you know, seven years down the road, you do have that flexibility to, to call the bonds in and do that. But nevertheless, we kind of, you know, lock you in at the long rate, but still give you flexibility to uh, call the bonds and refinance if you so choose. And coverage, Don, is, you know, usually, you know, 115. Sure. Perfect. No, very good. What do you know? You know, uh, we always get the questions, you know, uh, properties come up to year 15. Obviously, the, 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 the first mortgage is coming due. What are some, if I'm either, you know, acquiring, looking to acquire an asset or year 15 asset or refinance an asset or some of these taxes and products or what do you, what are some of you and your clients looking at with, you know, kind of year 15 acquisitions, you know, refinances, are they the the same products or different products? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, a lot of the guys we talk to, you know, they, they have some, some bridge mechanism that maybe if the property's not quite year 15, they'll, they'll take down. You know, something we've been using, uh, we have some 
some 501c3 clients, and we also have some developers who have, you know, friendly nonprofit organizations where essentially we just go and do just a, a bond deal, 501c3 bond deal, and, and that could be done as a limited offering or private placement. And again, we're basically, you know, giving the client, you know, a 10 to 15 year rate, uh, do a 40 year AM, but we're giving them the short call option. So if they're ready to do a credit deal in three to five years, you know, you would call the bonds in. You know, I, I kind of refer this to as a, as a leverage bridge loan um, because, you know, our clients will, will do, um, you know, 100% leverage. So we, we've been seeing that a lot lately and, and have done that. But, you know, I, I think, you know, and, and then again, we have a lot of C3 clients, Don, who buy these 15 uh, year 15 properties and, uh, you know, they're buying whole strategy. You know, they buy the property at the right price. They're able to do enough rehab and, you know. They put long-term financing on the property. Maybe there's a tax abatement play, and they just you know keep the keep the property for a long time and and use that cash flow to, to further their charitable mission. Yeah, it's those yeah, it's really really powerful products. So thanks for sharing that. Sure. Um, I've got I've got one last question, Cody. I know we talked. There's always it seems like there's always the next product or or, or what you're thinking about. Are there anything you're you know you and Piper Sandler are thinking about or what's what's new or I mean obviously these. These products we're talking about are obviously very effective right now. Is there anything next or other products we sh- our listeners should know about? Yeah, so you know we we talk frequently, Don, and we're we're always trying to come up with with new ideas, either through new products or new ways of of structuring deals. And we we are working on a few exciting things that we hope to uh, roll out here in the coming months. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, it, it does involve uh, a couple of new ways to finance some, some tax credit deals, both new construction and ag rehab. So we're excited about that. And I think as far as trends go, you know, our clients are really, it seems like more developers are pursuing the workforce housing developments. Yes. yes. And most of those are either through new construction or, you know, uh, acquisition rehab. I know Fannie's got a workforce housing product, as does Freddie Mac. But then you can also, you know, we work on a few deals, you know, structuring how you can do just a straight bond deal. Uh, a lot of those deals that were done in California, we're trying to, uh, we're working on a few other deals in different states right now using just taxes and bonds. So I think a lot of people are really focused on that and figuring out the best way to do those deals. So I think you'll see more and more workforce housing deals done this year. And then obviously, you know, I think you'll continue to see a lot of pressure on volume cap. Like I said, you know, a lot of states are just pressured right now. And, you know, then you start thinking about, will we see some type of legislation uh, down the road that reduces the 50% test? So, you know, that's certainly uh, something to keep your eye on as well. well. That sounds that sounds good and encouraging. And, and, and Cody, we're probably going to have to bring you back once we find out what those <laughs> Yeah, what those yeah. New, new you have to have are. me back. We'll, yeah, we'll love to give everyone an update. <laughs> that sounds good. No, thank you. Thank you very much, Cody. And, and listeners. Well, thank Cody. you. Yeah. Cody Wilson you, uh, from Piper Sandler joining the Bus House. And listeners, thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for listening to Buzz House. To receive a notification when new episodes are available, please subscribe to Buzz House, a Bakatelli podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. For additional resources around multifamily housing, check out bakertilly.com. And if you have a suggested topic, please send them to build at bakertilly.com. That's B-U-I-L-D at bakertilly.com.